0: Welcome to the WSAW Highlight Zone podcast. I am Noah Manderfeld. Today, we're going to take a trip to Rhinelander. Last Friday was one of the most historic days, probably the most historic day, in Rhinelander athletic history. The Hodeg football team capped off a comeback against Lakeland to win their first ever playoff game. That caps a two-year comeback in which they have turned around their program history to make the playoffs in back-to-back years. Then just a few moments later, the girls' swimming team clinched their first-ever state title. It's truly a historic moment. So we here at the WSAW Sports Desk wanted to commemorate this by making it HODAG Week. That's right, I'm declaring it Hodeg Week. Today we've got the football team. We talked to head coach Aaron Kramer and quarterback Quinn Lamers on their historic win, and just what went into this turnaround. My favorite part of this whole conversation was When Aaron Kramer talked about the philosophy, he took the words of Urban Meyer and really went into what shifted the culture. Quinn Lamer's talked about his connection with his receiver, Jackson Lobs, and really what just kind of goes into this team that they call the cardiac kids because they're always coming back late. So I don't want to waste any more time here. I'm going to get right to Quinn and Aaron. Enjoy. You guys got to be feeling great after that Friday win, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, to be able to to win a playoff game is unbelievable. And the fact that uh, it's our first playoff win of all time uh, in Rhineland, and that's uh, a pretty special feeling for us. And not only that, it's a, it's a rivalry game too. And, uh, you know, for for uh, for all this season, and you, you've seen us play quite a few times, though you've mm-hmm. noticed that we are uh, – I call us the cardiac nags. Uh, it's a lot of <laughs> – it's a lot of um, – uh, roughness on my heart maybe but we we like to win interesting and and, uh and come back and win and and our guys we showed resolve all season long so yeah it feels really good and uh and I'm sure Quinn will elaborate too.
2: Well I just I just love to see with the guys that there's never any quit in any of them you look around the the room at halftime and there's no one that's quit there's no one that's given up they all they all know that we can come back and we have the ability to come back and it's just a matter of putting it to the uh, test in the second half.
0: Yeah and Quinn, I want to ask you about that because uh, I, I know you said your team doesn't quit. Just looking up and down your schedule, right? Your first game is against Antigo, and that was, was that an overtime game, right? You guys wanted a field goal. Um, Mosany was a close game. Stratford, you guys stopped that two-point conversion, which would have tied the game up. Um, and then you go last week. What is it about this team? Is it just that there's no quit? Do they just, you just never really feel like you're out of it until that the buzzer rings? I think,
2: I think it starts with us believing in ourselves and knowing that we have the plan in place to, to win those games, and it's just a matter of making adjustments at halftime. I think we do a better job than just about anyone making those adjustments at halftime and talking with each other and seeing what's open and seeing what we can attack and then uh, putting it to use in the second half.
0: Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it earlier, Coach, this is your first playoff win all-time. Um, and I've, I even looked back, uh, as far as I could find, um, to see when's the last time you guys started 6-0? I didn't see any this decade. I don't think it's happened for a very long time, at least. Um, when you guys look at this season, you hear all of these firsts that you guys have. How does that make you feel?
1: Uh, well, I tell you what. Um, as far as as far as the season is concerned, um, I, I'm. I'm really happy to share it with a great group of seniors. Uh, you know, last year our, our group of seniors, they, they set a precedent that they, that they wanted to continue and our guys have picked it up right where we left off last year. And, um, and these guys, um, it's been a special group since they, since they've been growing up together, you know, watching them, it's, it's my, my pleasure to be able to see them play since they were in seventh grade and some of them even longer. Um, and so, Uh, I I knew that this group was a special one, but it wasn't until they got the opportunity to leave that I knew that it was really going to be a special season and a great season. Watching them grow together and watching them um, build in their leadership and and build in the way that they believe in each other and the way they pick each other up. um, That's really been the special thing for me and all the all the firsts, um, you know, like I said to them today, I mean, their names are going to be etched on Rhinelander history for a long time. because when you go back and hopefully it's hopefully it's the the first time next year or the second time next year and then again, again, uh, moving (laughs) forward. But, um, you know, when you look at, uh, people talking about us in in the same way, they talk about the 89 team. They talk about us the same way that they talk about the the playoff, uh, playoff qualifiers last year and and years before. Um, but, but really the, the first, um, Aren't as special to me as the the group of kids that that are here. Uh, I'll always remember the kids, uh, the guys, and the way that they grew throughout the year. I'll always remember what type of players they were as, as seventh graders, what t- what type of players they were as as uh, um, you know, kind of that their their bit parts last year as juniors, and, and then this year as the as the stars of the show. Um, I'm always going to remember those uh, those things about them, the the positive qualities that that led them to be victorious. And uh, and I know that these guys and, and people in the community will remember the wins and they'll remember, um, you know, our first playoff victory. They'll remember, you know, winning the battle, uh in overtime. They'll remember those those major games, but I'm just simply gonna remember the relationships with the guys and who they were because they're a very special group to me.
0: Quinn, how does that make you feel to hear coach say all those words about you guys?
2: It, it feels great. It, I think it starts with us has been the culture that we've changed. Um, Coaches obviously played a huge part in that and just the feelings around the program, like as we move forward, it's never, we talked about it today in our meetings that it's not guys don't want to move on to that next season. They're not giving up on the season. They're always pushing. They always want more. They, they don't want this to end. So I think that it, it just proves, um, it just shows how, how much these guys want it, how much the coaches are there for us and how much this means to all of us.
0: You brought it up there, changing the culture. I mean, when you look at Rhinelander history in terms of your win-loss records, I mean, it's it's not really pretty to look at. But then last year, you made a playoff appearance. This year, you're back in it again, even better. What went into changing that culture? Because I know, Quinn, you're a senior now. I don't know how much experience you had as a sophomore. But, Coach, you just took over last year, right?
1: Well, I guess I'll, I'll answer a little bit of that question first. And, and I'll just say... Uh, what went into changing the culture was simply a mindset shift. Uh, we've always had good players in this program. Um, I had the, the privilege to coach here for, this is my eighth year coaching um, in Rydlander. Um And, you know, obviously six of those years as an assistant under Coach Fergie. Yeah. We've always had a, a, a very good, a talented group of kids. Um, but the, the kids that we've had uh, lacked, lacked a, a vision and they lacked, um, and they lacked a, a mindset. And our mindset has simply been built on um, some things that you've probably heard in the big 10 before. I mean, you know, I, I'm a firm believer of, uh, of what uh, urban Meyer did at, at uh, Ohio state. And while, um, while it's not necessarily him that I follow, it's Tim kite and Brian kite um, the, the E plus R equals O mentality, the uh, no, no BCD. Well, we built it into the whole egg way, and it's something that that Coach Fergie helped us build, and we just continued to grow on it as these guys went. And we focused on that; it wasn't focusing on uh, anything, anything X's and O's. It wasn't uh, talking about being big and tough and, and strong. It's uh, about the, the the mental aspects of football and uh, how how you can let football be a grower of um, of your your life. How you, how it can how it can um, change your life, not just um, not just uh, the wins and losses, but the, the memories that you create and the lessons that you learn from wins and losses. And, um, and so that's where we focused. And our whole way is, is built around honor, discipline, and sacrifice. And all of those those three pillars have things that uh, we, we build into our players that we talk about all the time. You don't hear me say honor, discipline, and sacrifice very often. What you hear me say is E plus R equals O, and that's discipline. Simply understanding that we are the we're the people who create uh, or or respond to the, the things, the circumstances that are in our lives, um, the the circumstances that we have in football, um, and, and the way that we respond to those are the way that we will will either positively impact our life or negatively impact our life. And uh, and and honor is simply we talk about no B, C, D, which simply means. No blaming others, no complaining, and no being defensive, and that's a mindset shift that in this program was a huge challenge. Uh, you know, we just talked about it um, with with our senior group this year. The first time we ever met was in an open gym, and uh, not met, but the first time we we changed that mindset was in an open gym after I had taken over in May uh, of of that year um, of last year, and. Uh, and it was challenging for our guys not to get after each other, not to yell at each other, not to get down on each other, not to, you know, that was a bad ball, you know, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, once we made that mindset shift, that was that was a major change in our program. And then last but not least, the sacrifice. And we talk about, um, I, I call them the love languages, and I know our, our kids kind of think that's emotional, but that's really what it is. It's about loving and caring for each other and uh, building into each other and picking each other up more down and, and uh, showing empathy and,
0: and, uh, and
1: building a, a brotherhood. And that's, that's really what our program has been about is those three, th- those three pillars. And regardless of whether these guys know that or not, um, I, I'm not sure, but we, we talk about E plus R equals O, we talk about no BCD, and we talk about lifting each other up all the time. And that's kind of what leads us to uh, these victories. Like I said, we have the talent to win. It's just changing the mindset and being positive that's going to lead us there.
0: Mm-hmm. How did the players buy into that culture change last year?
1: Last year, simply it was um, it was our seniors sitting around and reading. We read a book together, uh, Above the Line by by Urban Meyer, which, like I said, had a mm-hmm. um, had, has all these things in it. And uh, when we read that book, it was a lot of sharing out with each other the way that we felt. Um, and I know that that doesn't seem like a what a what a football coach should be doing, you know. Old school football coaches are, you know, rough and tough, and uh, and you, you know, <laughs> feelings aren't necessarily ever a thing that uh, yeah yep. necessarily you're worried about. But certainly, um, certainly that's the way that we viewed it was was getting that that mindset instilled into our players, and then simply what we asked the seniors to do was to own it. Um, you you are owning the your experience. Um, in the past, it had been you know, juniors and sophomores and freshmen, picking up the field, taking care of everything um, because it was the senior's right. Well, it's not your right to do anything. It's your right to be the best possible teammate and, uh, and player you can be. And that's how we build it. Every, the seniors get to, that's what we talk about every, every time. It's not, uh, it's not that they are catered to, it's that they get to have that experience. They get to be the leaders of their program and they get to have the responsibilities of the leader. You don't get any privileges for that you get the responsibility. And um, and it's just like anything else. You have a child. It's not like, oh, I have this child, everybody celebrate me. It's okay, now I'm cleaning its diaper I'm waking up at in the morning and I'm <laughs> cherishing. Uh, you know, I, that's the way that we, we view it. You know, we want it to be a life experience. Nobody's gonna cater to you. So as a senior, you take up the mantle to build the culture. And that's, I've taken my hands out of it. I, I try to help teach the seniors how, how I want the culture to look. And then I put it the onus on the seniors to build that culture in their own way. Now, this year we talked about growth was our major word. Uh, Last year was completely different. It was about fitting in. It was about being a part of the team. It was about building a family. This group saw that that was already there and they wanted to grow on where we were last year. So each senior group kind of is different. They all kind of um, bond differently. They all kind of make their own choices and it's not my job to build the culture. It's my job to lay out a foundation and for them to build it up. So that's that's the way we've done it.
0: Quinn, I wanna ask you now. I mean, he's talked about this senior your, your senior class and how close you guys are. I wanna ask you about that. I mean, is this something that you guys have played together your you know for a lot of your lives and that's something that you brought into this year and it's been building for a while?
2: Yeah, I think I think playing throughout our childhoods and up till now is you kind of instill that confidence in each other. You know that everyone has the capabilities to do all these things and you know that you can trust them when you need to. And I think that not only has our group of seniors showed that this year, but they've come together and kind of picked up the rest of the guys as well. You're working in with your juniors and your sophomores and trying to teach them the ways that you've known throughout your career and kind of getting them to join and go along for the ride and then when they need to, they're going to stand up and make their, their statement when they, when we need them the mm-hmm. most.
0: Yeah. How involved were you with this varsity team your sophomore year? Were you, were you pretty involved in it? Uh, did you, were you kind of part of that team?
2: Uh, did you ask sophomore or senior year? I think
0: Sophomore that. year, a couple of years ago when you guys went one and eight.
2: Um, sophomore year, I was, um, mostly JV and then kind of came out towards varsity okay. at the end of the year. Um, it was kind of nice cause you get to experience both. You get to play with your teammates on JV and then you're always suiting up mm-hmm. on Fridays to go to go to the game on Friday. And, uh, I think that helped a lot. You kind of, at the same time, you're learning to play with new guys, the older guys and fit in, especially for that next year, for that junior year. At the same time you're getting to build that confidence that you've always had with the guys that are in your grade and that are going to be there with you when, when you're a senior and all that. So I think that experience was great for us to not only learn, um, how we need to act to be a senior, but then the role that it takes to get there.
0: So you had a little bit of experience with that varsity team. I want to ask you about that switch from 2018 to 2019. Again, you guys won one game in 2018. You won six games last year. Uh, I know Coach just talked about that. That was the year he took over. You kind of changed that mindset. What did you observe in that change of mindset between the 2018 team and the 2019 team?
2: I think it's kind of a little cliche metaphor that we hear all the time is that the fist is stronger than five fingers. And I think that our team has really, (laughs) really embraced that, I think. Coach talked about us having great athletes throughout the years, and I think the team last year really finally decided that uh, they needed to play together. They needed to act as a team in order to accomplish great things, because they've seen, they knew the players before them were great. They knew that we had athletes, but there was just something missing. And I think that they figured out um, through, through reading that book and other things that they needed to come together and kind of build together instead of um, as individuals.
1: I'm stealing mm-hmm. that, by the way.
0: Fist is strong <laughs> perfect. <laughs> So <laughs> take it, take it. <laughs> um, one thing I've, I've seen, the, the two games, I, I was at the Mosinney game, and then, I've, of course, I was at the Medford game. Um, in the Mosinney game specifically, there was the connection between you and Lobs. Is that a, a connection that you guys just kind of have this, are you guys friends off the field? Is that something that just kind of naturally developed on the field? Because, I mean, it seems like you guys are hitting hit each other a lot. I mean, I know you had a 40-yard touchdown with him on Friday.
2: Yeah, I think it's been a I think it's been a big trust thing for me, um, just knowing that you have a guy that you're going to put the ball and he's going to be in his spot every single time and he's going to go up and get it. And if it's a bad throw, he's going to make sure nobody else gets it. I think that's also a nice thing to know that it's pretty it's a safe choice, you know. But uh, yeah, it's definitely a thing that's progressed over the years. He he moved to town, I believe, in middle school was when he moved to town, mm-hmm. and so. It was kind of new for, you have guys coming in, especially from different um, elementary schools as well. So it's kind of the perfect time to mix in and kind of gain that trust for everybody. And I think that that's just been a relationship for not only football, but then off the field and in other sports that has just progressed throughout the years. Mm -hmm.
0: And specifically in that Mosinney game, I mean, you were dropping some dimes there. I'm I'm not going to lie. I had some of them on my video. I mean, it was just perfectly into the hands of these receivers. Were you just feeling it that day?
2: I, I'm not sure what clicked that day, but there's definitely something that clicked. It was just progressing from the Anigo week to that was just totally different feeling. I felt I felt like our team was in control more than we were in that Anigo game. And then, yeah, to just have the trust that um, I just have one of the corner, like one of the routes in my head where throw it as far as I can to the back corner and know that he's only the only person that's going to get there and say if anybody catches it, it's him. Mm-hmm. So it's just a confidence thing for me and knowing that I have the trust in the guys, and that they will make the plays if I give them the opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I want to circle it back to something that we talked about earlier, and that you guys are the cardiac kids, right? You 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 come back at these games late, and I feel like when you're having a comeback late, a lot of it starts with the quarterback, the you know the leader of the offense on the field. I know there's a lot of different pieces, but it feels like the quarterback is kind of the one that sets that mindset for the rest of the team. Do you feel that you know when you're late in the games? What what is your mindset uh, when you guys when when you're down? Specifically, you when you're when you're handling that ball and trying to mount a comeback.
2: Well, I know growing up for me, I I really struggled with some emotional parts of the game. I got really involved emotionally as a as a kid growing up in the middle school, and I think that as as I became older and I kind of understood the responsibility I had, that I knew I couldn't I couldn't show too much happiness when good things happened, and I couldn't get too down on myself when bad things did. Because there's always the guys that are going to turn around after a good play or a bad play and look at you and run down the field to the next one, and they're going to watch whatever you're doing. And if it's negative, that snowballs. We talked about in our meetings today how um, the responses that you had to different events are going to snowball. And so if I'm if I'm negative after a bad play, that's going to snowball, and it could cause some other guys to have some bad plays in the future. But if I'm if I'm fine and they see that I'm fine, they're going to be fine as well, and know that we're just we're going to be all right.
0: And it really seems to be working. I mean, on Friday. Uh, you had you had the the winning touchdown. How did that feel when he scored that winning touchdown? To uh, I, I don't know if, I don't know if you were you knew it was your first playoff win of all time, but to to be able to take the lead in that playoff game.
2: I think it's just an image that I'll never forget. Like you walk into the end zone and turn around, and you just have all your all your buddies there in the <laughs> with since you were a tiny little kid, and just knowing that it's something that you'll remember forever, and that whole team will remember forever is just something that it just feels great.
0: Mm-hmm. And you've got one more game left uh, in your career on Thursday, a rematch against Mosinney. How, how does it feel to be now right around f- four or five days away from the end of your high school athletic ca- career in football?
2: Well, it, it obviously is not, not something I ever want to look forward to is the end of it. Um, if I could, I'd play forever in high school and whatever. But uh, I think that we are in a, in a good opportunity this year because – We talked about it today in our meetings again, that there's only two types of teams that get to end on a, on a win. And that's either a team that is playing for nothing at the end of the regular season and doesn't need to go to the playoffs or it's a state champ in the state championship game. And obviously this year is different and there's not going to be a single state champion, but to be able to end on a win and end on a positive note is just something that we're striving for. And I think it'll mean a lot to us to get a win on Thursday.
0: Question for both of you. I wanted to get this in here because um, I'm also personally curious before we, we end this. The PA announcer up there, he brings energy that I have not seen anywhere else. I want. I, how, what kind of effect does he have on you guys on the field? Because every play, I'm just hearing this hype voice right behind me that's pumping up the crowd and the players.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, for, for us, we've had a couple different PA announcers this year. You know, Joe Phelan, who is the guy you're talking about, um, mm-hmm. he's yeah. a local pastor. He's a great guy. Uh, <laughs> he's somebody that, you're right, he brings the energy and and, uh, and he, you know, obviously makes it a special a special event for the kids. And he's done that very well for the last couple of years uh, for us and in basketball and a bunch of different sports. He's just a goofy guy and he does, a, he does goofy things, but our guys really <laughs> are excited by that. And, uh, and I'm very appreciative of him. You know, he's taking a, a next step in his life. You know, he's, he's uh, jumping into a real estate business. And, mm-hmm. um, and you know, obviously he's got his duties as a, as a pastor at Grace Forestburg for Church here. Um, so he's stepping away a little bit. But we have a, a younger guy coming in this year. His name's Steve Jopek. And he uh-huh. uh, while he's not as, as uh, sound flashy and, uh, <laughs> and, and as off the cuff as Joe is, uh, and, and Joe claims by the way that he is he completely scripts everything. I don't know how much, <laughs> really I, don't know how much I believe that. But uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve does a great job as well. And he's just got a um, you know, as far as Joe's voice, he's got all those mannerisms that he uses to get everybody excited. And Steve is just more of a conventional, um, uh, more of a conventional announcer that that's got that deep, nice uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, game show type voice, and he does a great job for us too. We're blessed for a lot of people, you know every single experience that we have on Friday night, and of course this week, Thursday night has been a special one. And it's simply because people care about us, they love us and they want to see us do, do well. And, and so we're thankful for everyone from the, from the band to the, the PA announcers, to Mr. Paulson who's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, making sure, <laughs> done. Um, you know, in the, in and the families and, and our community, and um, the people who travel to the games, whether it's away fans or, or home fans, um, we're, you know, we we're we're very blessed. Our Gridiron Club takes care of us before the game with uh, with team meals. Sonia and Nate Shevlin, they do a great job uh, with team meals for our team, and it's just a great experience. It just for our kids, it makes it really special. And so and I'll let, let Quinn talk about it, but I, I think that we have a great experience every Friday night. It's just a, it's a party.
0: Yeah, Quinn, talk about Friday nights. How does it feel as a player? Well, I start
2: with like the PA announces, uh, like before the game when we're all running out of the tunnel. I think that just gives all the guys a little bit of extra boost. Oh, yeah. See Benson Claire fly through the tunnel and knock the guy on his butt every time that he's <laughs> jumping out at whatever. And, and it just, I think it just gives the guys a little bit of extra boost to start the game. And I think it definitely helps. And Coach talks about all the all the support that we have in this program. Um, one of the things that we do is have our secret hotakes every year that constantly give the seniors presence every week. Um, and then at the end of the year, we get to figure out who that person is. And I think that's just another another event and thing that happens within our program that just makes it different than anywhere else. Mm-hmm.
0: I can't remember what moment it was, but it, it was at the Medford game. You guys were doing your, you know, the introductions, jumping into each other and someone completely got laid out. Um, do you remember, do you remember that? Yeah. W- I, I, what was that like?
2: <laughs> so, so usually I'm out there jumping up. I'll run out first and there's no one out there and then they to come jump at me and I convinced Jackson Smith to go do it the one week and I said to right before Ben comes, out, I'm like, he's gonna get knocked over, then he went flying and I was like, Yep, knew <laughs> that
0: was coming. Yeah, and then after that one you could tell he was tentatively jumping up and he he was he was not having he was not having it. Um last question I have, I kept thinking of new topics, but this is the last question I've got. When you guys look back, I know you got one more game left, but when you look back at this season, you know, what 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 emotions go through you? Because this has been a special one, not just for you guys, but for the community of Rhineland and for everyone involved in the team, like you said. Um, And it's been a really special year. How does it feel to look back on it?
1: Uh, I'll tell you this. I think fondly um, on a a moment that we had week one against Anigo in the locker room at halftime when we were down. Mm -hmm. And all I said to the guys is I don't have anything special. There's There's no, you know, Michael's. Michael's secret uh, water or secret sauce from the space jam movie that's coming out here. Um, it's simply, how are you going to respond to this? How are you going to make sure that we leave here with this bell? Um, and they responded in a way that, that, uh, that I was not expecting, I was not expecting, um, I was not expecting them to play with the resolve that they did. And I always believed that this team would win, but, we got to the, to a point in the game where it was, there's no way back. We either score here or it's over. And it showed a lot about our, our team. It showed me who I could count on in certain moments. It showed me, um, it showed me that this team is never down and out. You know, there were, there were plays in the, in the second half and spe- specifically in overtime that are etched into my mind for, and they will be for the rest of my, my life. I mean, the kick, uh, the, at the end of the game, the play that, that uh, Jackson Labs made on the receiver in Antigo uh, to knock the ball free in, in the overtime, the, the stop two-point conversion, the touchdown in the drive with Caden Neary and Walker uh, on that drive and the way that they responded, uh, our offensive line coming off to the sideline during that Antigo game and saying, run the ball here, we'll take care of it, we're going to score. Um, that, is, that was the, the catalyst for this, this season. And I know in my heart that if that game would have went the other way, this season could have been completely different. And so when I look back at that game, that's the moment that I'll always remember. That's how I want to remember our players is these fighters that would never quit and they would never say no and they never say never. doesn't matter how, how, uh, how, how many odds are stacked against them, what the event is, we're just going to respond and all we can do is, is do what we can control and handle what we can control. And that's how I'll always remember these guys as, like I said, the cardiac kids, but, uh, but <laughs> they are, they're certainly a special group of kids who will never quit. And just that those are the type of people they are going to be in their life. though too you know, is that they're going to be, um, these, these grinders that, um, do all the right things. And when you need them the most, they're going to step up big. And, uh, and that, those are the stories that I'm going to want to hear 20 years from now. Uh, we can reminisce on all these things that we, we did this season, but, um, it's really about how they, how they continue their lives from now and how they leave the program behind them. And we've talked about that a lot for as our senior group is, um, your, your legacy will be remembered on the next year's group. How is the next year's group going to be? Did you leave this program better than how you, uh, how you found it? And, uh, and so they've done a great job building into our younger classes and our younger guys are going to need it moving forward. And uh, I'm just really proud to be associated with these young men and, and to be able to be around them. It's my privilege.
0: Quinn, I'll let you get the last word in here.
1: Well, I just thinking back on
2: the Anigo game, it's just something that propels you through the rest of the season. We talked about the confidence and uh, all the close games we've had this year. I think that just the moment where you look back and I Coach Sardis said on the field multiple times that remember how we fought in Antigo, remember how we fought in Antigo, and we're never out of a game. We can always, we can always come back. And I think that our team really embraced that and really thought that we are really never out of a game no matter how bad it gets. And it's just something that's propelled us through this season and I think will propel the kids through the rest of their high school careers and sports and ultimately the rest of their lives.
0: It's such a special moment for this football team. And it's really going to be fun to watch what they do on Thursday. Tomorrow, we're going to head to the swimming team where they won their first ever state title. We got a few of their swimmers. Reese Van i will talk to them. So look out for that tomorrow. And as always, if you have any episode ideas, feel free to email our email at sports at WSAW.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until tomorrow, thank you for listening to the WSAW Highlight Zone podcast and take care.